What's up, church? How we doing, everybody? You good? So good to see everybody today. I want to take a minute and I want to welcome everybody who's watching via the interwebs, watching online right now. Come on, church. Let's welcome everybody who's watching with us online. We love you. So glad. So glad that you guys are here today and uh, really excited to jump into our content. Uh, but before we do, I want to encourage you, all right? We talked about Christmas services uh, during announcements. We talked about it during the little bumper there, but I want, to, I want to hit it while we're all together. Take that little card right on your seat if you haven't done so yet, okay? And stick that in your wallet right now or your purse um, and, and do better than I did because uh, Thursday night we were having our staff Christmas party and um, we were all de- together with the staff and one of the waitresses was asking, okay, who is this? You know, what, what are you guys doing? Oh, we have our, um, we have our uh, you know, this is our Christmas party for our staff and, and uh, we're, we're, we work at a church. You should come to one of our Christmas services. And, and so we went to go give them a card. None of us had a card, everybody. <laughs> like the entire staff, spouses, nobody had a card. So it was, uh, it was, a, be- it was a learning opportunity. It was a learning opportunity. And so uh, we're not gonna make that mistake again, but I wanna encourage you, you never know. You never know when God could open a door for you to invite someone. So take that. Wouldn't it be cool? Let me just throw this out there. Wouldn't it be cool if you invited someone to Christmas, they came and the music was great. They were just like, God was working through all of it. They heard the testimony, heard the gospel, and then they gave their life to Christ. Come on, somebody. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, we're praying that. We're praying for that. So I want to encourage you, participate with us. Be praying about the service. It's going to be fire. And uh, I just cannot, cannot wait. Um, well, we're in a, a Christmas series that we've called The Promise because what, what Christmas is, is so much more than a holiday. It's so much more than an event. What it is really, truly, is the fulfillment of a promise. That's what Christmas is. It's a promise that was made a long time ago about God fixing everything that was wrong and making it right, and then Jesus showing up to do just that. And so that's what Christmas is, and that's what we've been talking about in this series. We've been unpacking that. It's been really, really cool. Last week, we talked about a character that we don't talk a lot about, uh, Simeon. You guys remember we talked about Simeon last week, and we talked about how he, he talks about light piercing the darkness and, and how Jesus came to do that. And we talked about how uh, Simeon, does, you know, he kind of gets like a, a, you know, he doesn't get a fair shake because he's not featured in any of the nativities. You know, Mary, Joseph, Magi, shepherds, we all know them. But Simeon, we don't know. And someone in our church, the McMichaels actually, sent us their nativity. They updated their nativity, all right? And I want to show this to you right there. They added Simeon there in the background. And he's even praising the Lord. Come on, somebody. Like, that's just... Or he's killing someone with lasers. We're not sure. But uh, come on, give the McMichaels a big hand. Way to go, guys. That was really funny. <laughs> Great way to apply the message right there, all right? Um, uh, so, but, but, but Simeon f- talks about this promise being fulfilled where light pierces the darkness. And today what I want to talk about is I want to talk about another promise that is fulfilled. It's where, it's where God, through Christmas, brings peace, brings Christmas peace. Now, and this is a Christmassy word, right? Peace. Like we talk about love, we talk about joy and, and peace. Like you'll see this even, you know, out when you're shopping at Target, you know, it'll be joy, hope, love, peace. Like, and what's so interesting is peace is such a Christmas word, 
but at Christmas time, it's something that we experience very infrequently. Like, in fact, it's, it's one of the most stressful times of the year. I Googled, if you Google, if you went to your phone right now and Googled most stressful times of the year, the holidays shows up. Like truly, and there's all kinds of studies done about how, you know, just being, uh, being with family turns out is stressful. <laughs> um, having to choose which, which, which people you're going to see when and, you know, not offend everybody. You know what I'm, it's like air traffic control. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like trying to find out where you're going, when you're going to go. And, and so it's, uh, it can be one. In fact, let me just ask you, like how many of you have already been extra stressed this holiday season? Just raise your hand. Like, okay, like it just, it just happens. It just, it's just reality. And what makes all of that so tragic is that Christmas is supposed to be one of the most peaceful time of the years because at Christmas, God brings peace. He brings peace. And what I want to show is that that was promised in the Old Testament and it was fulfilled in Jesus in the New Testament. That's what we're doing in this series. We're tying Old Testament prophecies and promises and showing how Jesus fulfills them in Christmas. All right, so I want to look at Isaiah chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, turn there real quick. Isaiah chapter 9. I want to read a very classic Christmas verse for you that is... That is quoted also in the New Testament. But this is a very encouraging and helpful uh, passage of Scripture. And it's Isaiah chapter 9. And it says, it says this. You've heard this a lot if you've, I don't know, just been alive. Okay? You've probably heard this. Uh, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. Now, this is what's crazy. This is prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus shows up. So everybody's looking forward to this son who is given, this child who will be born, who will be born to a virgin. And, and what, what he will bring when he shows up is what is described in Isaiah 9. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Man, peace, it's a, that's a good word. Everybody say peace. peace. Isn't that nice? Like even the word is just nice. It makes you say, ah. Everybody say, ah. It's hard to be angry and say peace. I've tried it. I was messing around. I was like, I think this is like, it's like you can't be like, peace. Like you can't even do it. Your face won't cooperate. If there's something about peace that is so beautiful and man do we need it man i know some of you maybe even during this christmas season this is stressful for you it's busy you're anxious like I, how, how are we going to get all of this done how are we going to pay for all this where are we going to go and, and 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 it's 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 a thing that so many people experience and Christmas is all about God doing something about that reality. And so what I wanna do is I wanna look at Luke chapter two. If you have your Bibles now, go to the New Testament passage. I wanna look at Luke chapter two, where that Old Testament verse is now fulfilled in Jesus in Luke chapter two. And I just wanna walk through these verses, read a little bit, make some observations, read a little bit, make some observations. And then at the end of it, Apply it to our life and walk away better as a result. So if you're ready to jump in, say I am. 
All right, Luke chapter two says this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. A lot of dispute on the background of these shepherds. So I've been studying this week and and some commentators will talk about how they were despised and they were of ill repute and they were kind of known as liars and cheaters. And and so some people say, man, they, they were kind of just an unsavory type of person. Some commentators say, actually, that's not true. They were, they were actually just, work, they worked all the time caring for these sheep. And because they did, uh, they, they weren't able to practice the Sabbath and they weren't able to interact with other people. They weren't able to go worship God. And so, so either, either way, what we do know is they didn't spend a lot of time in the temple. They, they were unclean. They were considered ceremonially unclean. And so they weren't able to go participate in the worship with everybody else. And that was a really, really big deal in that day. That was everything. Going to temple, being a part of, of the religious ceremonies, it was a significant deal. So, so they didn't have a very uh, good job, but it was an important job. Because what these shepherds were doing is they were making sure that the lambs in these fields were taken care of. And these lambs were the sacrifices that would be offered up at the temple. So there was this, there was this uh, field in, in Bethlehem that they were, they were watching over these sheep. And these are the sheep that would be spotless lambs. And they had to make sure that they stayed in good health and make sure they didn't get hurt and make sure that they were ready to be sacrificed for the sins of the people. Okay, if you look at the Old Testament, again, a sacrificial system that was a temporary type of placeholder until one ultimate permanent means of covering of sin would come in the Messiah. Until then, these lambs are taking one for team humanity, okay? So, and as, if they were here, they would tell you it's a bad deal, okay? So, it was, I'm really sorry about that, but. <laughs> cue the shepherds. So these shepherds are responsible for keeping these sheep, making sure that they're healthy, making sure that they don't get into hurt, making sure that they stay um, spotless and blemish free. And it's a full-time job. Look at verse eight, keeping watch over their flocks at night. They're working the night shift. How many know the night shift is not fun? How many ever worked the night shift in your life? Okay, so many people, not a good time because you're awake when everybody else is asleep you're asleep when everybody else is awake and you're kind of all off from the rhythm and it's difficult. And so you have these guys and you can't find the rhythm. They're tired and they're always looking out for predators. So they're constantly looking out. So they're stressed out. They're not on, on, a, on a rhythm sleep wise. They're constantly looking out for predators against these sheep. They've been ostracized socially from society. They are stressed. And what's interesting is that to these people, God shows up to reveal a message about Christmas and it's the message of Christmas peace. Look at this in verse nine. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. How cool would that be, right? Like if you're just kind of doing your thing, you're, you know, whatever your job is, I'm just, if you're shoveling, if you're, you're raking, if you're flipping burgers, whatever your job is, and all of a sudden you're doing your job and boom, angel shows up. That's a good day, right? That'd be amazing. Like you can't wait to post that on social. Be like, hey, real quick, come over here. Like, you know, you want to take it 
a, a snap of that and send it out, right? Wrong. Look at this. These guys were terrified and they were terrified. Angel shows up and they're terrified. Now, I don't do this a lot, but every now and then I like to, I like to kind of scare people a little bit in the house. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's dark and someone doesn't know that you're there and they're kind of just going around, not on a big scare, just a little, hey, you know, like that type of little thing and kind of get a response. And this, this happened last night um, while I was here. I was working on my message in the green room and, um, and, and all of the lights were off in, in, the, uh, in the lobby. And so now I, was, I was taking one of the chairs. There was an extra chair in there. I was taking it to the chapel and Ryan Sparks, our junior high pastor. Come on, what's up, middle school? We got a junior high pastor going on. And he was in there practicing his content for the morning. And so he's there practicing. And so I'm walking up with this dark chair. He can't see me. And so I wasn't trying to scare him, but I was just like, hey, what's up, Ryan? He goes, ah! <laughs> and I was like, man, if I knew I was gonna get that response with that, I would have tried a little harder. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would have actually tried. These guys are scared because these angel or this angel, one angel shows up in the middle of their work day, in the middle of the night. And what we know is that it's a bright light. It's, it's kind of like if someone turned on the sun in the middle of the night, that's what it would have been like for this angel to show up. And so these guys are like, oh man, this is crazy. All of a sudden I can't even see this thing. I'm trying to adjust to the dark. And, and they were terrified because of this angel of the Lord. But I don't think that's the only reason they were terrified because it was bright, because it was different. I think it was also because he was a messenger from God and had been in the presence of God and man, they had not been. And they, and they recognized how imperfect they were. I think anytime you interact with God, it's like this. It's an exhilarating experience because you're like, oh man, God has a plan for me. God has something he wants to do in my life. Maybe it's when you come to church, you start worshiping, you get excited. And then all of a sudden God starts pushing on stuff, right? When you're in the presence of God, it's like encouraging and it's also kind of like surgery. And these guys are experiencing this like in real time in like a massive way. And so it's kind of like, oh man, it's bright light. And man, he's been in the presence of God and oh, I have not. And they realize, they realize they've got issues. This is kind of a normal response for people who interact with either God or people who've been in the presence of God. Look at this, Isaiah six, after he had been in God's presence and seen angels surrounding the throne, he says this, woe to me, I'm ruined for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Peter says something similar in, in Luke chapter five. This is right after Jesus does the miraculous catch of fish. Do you remember when he, when he does this miracle for Peter and he fills two boats full of fish and Peter's like, oh my goodness, you are God. And man, I so am not. And, and he's like, wow. And, and he says, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. It's terrifying. It's terrifying to be in the presence of God because his holiness shines light into our lives and brings the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Shows us that the wages of sin is death. Shows us that we don't really deserve to be in God's presence. 
shows us that what we deserve is separation, that what we deserve ultimately is death. Some of you are like, wow, Scott, this is an encouraging Christmas <laughs> message. Thank you. So glad I came in. But it's important to understand because this is the backdrop. This is the backdrop that, that Christmas is set against. And, and the angel says, watch this, amazing. They're terrified, but watch what the angel says. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. The first byproduct of Jesus's ministry is to not be afraid. How cool is that? I mean, this is amazing when you think about it. The first thing that Jesus does when he shows up is say, you do not have to be afraid anymore. Grace is here and fear has to leave. Isn't that cool? Fear keeps us from having peace, doesn't it? The things that you're afraid about, money fears, relational fears, societal fears, future fears. All of that stuff works against us having peace, right? And this is where the enemy of our souls loves for us to live. In a place of fear, in a place of, of unsettledness, What's gonna happen? I don't know, and, and I can't control it, so I'm going to be afraid. But what's interesting is when Jesus arrives, the first thing that an angel says is, do not be afraid because fear is being removed once and for all. Look at what the apostle John says about Jesus. After Jesus dies, resurrects, and goes, ascends to heaven, watch what his best buddy, John, says about him, First John chapter four. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have, check this out, confidence. Confidence. Confidence on the day of judgment. Why? Because although our sin had separated us from God, Jesus came in our place, took our sin from us, did what we couldn't do, died a death he didn't deserve so that you and I could be under his covering and go into the throne of grace boldly because, check this out, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Isn't that a good word? God shows up so we don't have to be afraid. When Jesus arrives, one of the things he brings online for us is the ability to go into the throne of grace boldly and not wonder and, and not be so afraid of God and God, are you mad at me? God, did I do enough to make you like me? But, but to go in with confidence, not because of me, but because of him. That's what Christmas is about. That's what Christmas brings online for us. Sin is defeated, death is done, fear is gone because love is here. That's Christmas. And it brings peace because I can know I can be right with God. I can be right and I have nothing to worry about. And that's what the angel says. Maybe one of the best verses in the whole Bible. I bring you good news that will cause great joy 
for all the people. I just love that verse. I bring you good news. The angel is saying, hey, guess what today is? Today is I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. In fact, can we just say that? It's such a, such a good verse. Can we collectively say that together, church? Come on, say that with me. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Isn't that beautiful? That's what the angel says is coming online right now when this, when this savior is born. I wanna break this down just for a few moments, if we can, just that verse. First of all, it says, I bring you. So God is bringing the news. God brings. That, that's worth just thinking about for a moment. That, that we don't have to struggle and strive to get to God, but God actually is the one who initiated to get to us. He leaves, he leaves heaven to come to earth. He leaves the comfort, the, the security, the the, the pleasure of heaven to come and, and live among us, God is the one who seeks us out. God brings. Do you know that God is chasing you? That if you were the only person alive today that God would chase you, that God would seek you out because God loves you with an everlasting love. God brings. What does he bring? Good news. Man, how good is that? especially in the midst of all the bad news that we have, right? Does it take you long to hear some bad news? But what God brings is good news, good news. That, that sin is overcome, that death, hell, and the grave have been defeated, that Jesus is the victor and that his spirit lives inside of us. That's good news. That's really good news. And what does that news cause? Great joy. It's knowing that my sins are forgiven, that I can come into the presence of God. I can come into church boldly. I can come ready to worship. I can come with both hands all the way up. Knowing that I'm not being judged, no condemnation, no fear, no hesitation, nothing holding me back because my God loves me and he sent his son to die for me. And it causes a great joy that makes me worship. God brings good news that causes great joy for who? All the people. For all the people. There's not one person that God doesn't wanna reach out to. There's not one person that is beyond the reach of his grace. There's not one person who's done too many things to put them outside of the opportunity of experiencing the goodness and the grace of God. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. God loves you and has a plan for your life. And how does all of this happen? Look at verse 11. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the promised one, the anointed one, the one who is coming to fix everything once and for all, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger, a baby. Interesting that God comes as a baby. 
I don't know if, I don't know about you, but if, if I'm God, I'm not coming as a baby. I'm coming as a, like, like a champion. <laughs> like, like riding on a semi, like on the, like the top of it, you know, like a chariot. And I look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's how I want to come. I want to come like showing you, like I went in that semi's got like flames on the side of it, you know, like. I, I want to impress you. I want you to be, I want you to be like, wow, look, that's gotta be God. But God comes as a baby, so vulnerable, so humble, so needy. Why? Because God doesn't come to impress us with his power. He comes to serve us with his humility. He comes to meet us in our humanity. He comes to appeal to us in our weakness. This is who God is. He becomes low. Philippians 2 says that Jesus was so humble that he became obedient unto death, even death on a cross, because he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. He came... He came not to condemn the world, but to save it. He came to serve us, to meet us. And he comes as a baby. God is so different, isn't he? Verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared. So now you have one angel. There was one angel before, and now you have this whole like army of angels. Thousands of angels filling the sky, praising God saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace. I think like, and on earth, justice for all the sinners. <laughs> and on earth, righteousness. Because God's coming, that's what God's coming to establish, righteousness. <laughs> no, on on earth, peace. I think it's so cool. That's how God chooses to reveal himself. It's the first thing he says about himself, not rules, not rituals, not to-do lists, not judgment, peace. When the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, dude, did you see that? Like, really, that'd be crazy. Like, please tell me, like, you saw that. They said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to him. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So they go see this baby, then they go and they tell everybody about, man, can you believe it? God is here, the promised one. I saw angels, they confirmed it, and he's bringing peace. These shepherds who were stressed out, working the night shift, 
disconnected from society because of their job, not able to go into the presence of God, and God shows up to them with a message of peace. How good is God? See, Christmas is the fulfillment of a promise, and it's a good promise. It's a promise of peace. And I want to give you just a couple thoughts as we apply this to our life. Number one, the promise of Christmas brings us peace with God. The promise of Christmas brings us peace with God. Romans 5 says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, important to to clarify, we haven't been justified through our works. We haven't been justified through our uh, good uh, deeds. We are justified through faith, faith in God. Because of that, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus makes it available. He died for our sin, the sin that that needed to be atoned for. The sacrifice that needed to be made was made once and for all by the Lamb of God. So you, you know in Jerusalem today, there are no more lambs being sacrificed. No more lambs being sacrificed. Why? Because the Lamb of God came and was sacrificed for us once and for all so we can have peace with God. You know, one of the things about sin is that sin brings devastation into our life. Sin brings distraction. It brings a division. It brings discord. It brings an unsettled of our spirit where we, where we feel like we can't go into the presence of God, where we feel like we can't be at peace because we're always worried about our sin or the consequences of our sin. Christmas comes and Jesus allows us to experience peace with God so that we don't have to be tormented by our sin anymore. The second thing is the promise of Christmas brings us peace with others. The shepherds spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Think about this for a moment. Here are people who have been relegated to the fields. They can't go worship with everybody else. They can't, be, they can't be at home with everybody else. And what does Christmas bring about? The ability for them to connect relationally with people they had been di- disconnected from. This is good news for any of us who are gonna be spending time with family over the next few weeks, right? Like for real though, for real though, because I bet there was some people that they were spreading the news about who they had, had arguments with. I bet you there's some people they were spreading the word with that that they just didn't see things the same. Some people maybe who would look down on them. Some people who had said hurtful things about them. But what Christmas does is it allows us to be right with each other. This is the beauty of Christmas. Look at Romans chapter 12. Paul talks about what the gospel brings online. It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now he's talking to believers, but I believe he's also talking to believers about everybody. He doesn't say just live with each other. He says with everyone. This is the beauty of, of Christmas, that we can go into our situations, into the struggles that you are facing relationally, with a, with a peace and a confidence that God is with you and that God wants to go before you. And he wants to reconcile. So you can, you can, you can 
be in that relationship. You can be in that situation with someone that you've not seen eye to eye with, and you can say, you know what, I, I don't need to let the hurt you caused me define me and to define this relationship. I forgive you. I love you, and I'm gonna bring Christmas peace to this situation. And the, and the last thing is that the promise of Christmas brings us peace with ourselves. Peace with ourselves. Now, even when I wrote that, I was like, I, I, don't, I don't love the wording of that, but it kind of lined up with all the other ones, you know? So like, that's what you do when you're a preacher. You line them up. Peace with ourselves, what does that even mean? What I mean by that is that sometimes the biggest battles aren't the ones that we fight with others, the ones that we fight with ourselves in our mind. It's battles of insecurity, battles of self-doubt, battles of anxiety, battles of fear of the unknown. I want you to know that God has come into the world so that you can live at peace in every situation. Philippians chapter four says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. Isn't that what Christmas is all about? God, who had been distant and silent for hundreds of years, now being close and personal, Emmanuel, God with us, the Lord is near. The Lord is close. He's here. So what do I get to do? Verse six, be anxious about nothing. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, presenting my request to God. What happens when I live like that? What happens when I trust God? What happens when I seek God? What happens when I put my faith in God? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. When I seek God, when I trust God, when I'm focused on God, I don't have to be overwhelmed by bad news. I don't, have to be, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to live in anxiousness. I can live in confidence because God is with me and he is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? And he is going before me and he's got a plan for my life. And I may not be able to tell you what's gonna happen on the other side of the situation, but I know that even as I'm going through it, God is my anchor in the middle of this storm. And so I don't have to be afraid and I won't, I refuse to be overwhelmed. That's the difference that Christmas brings online for us. But we have to choose it, don't we? We have to choose it. So today I wanna pray, I wanna have a, a worship time like we always do. And as we get ready for that, some of you maybe, if you're here today, like you've been overwhelmed with anxious thoughts. You like just fear, insecurity, doubt. As we worship, I want you just to look to God and say, God, I put my faith, I put my hope, I put my trust in you. Others, maybe you're here today and, and uh, you've got some strife with other people. I want, I want you to be encouraged today that God wants you to walk in Christmas peace. And then, and then maybe for 
others still today, you're in a situation where you're not right with God. That is the most important thing that you can do is get right with God. And it doesn't mean that you have to perform. It doesn't mean you have to try to make God like you. It doesn't mean perfect church attendance. It just means turning from where you are and moving to where he is. And if you'll do that, putting your faith in Christ, he will cleanse you, he will change you, he will make you new from the inside out and he will give you Christmas peace. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you so much for Christmas peace that comes online for us. It's so powerful. It's so encouraging. It's so amazing. It's, it's, it's literally... It's literally beyond understanding. Lord, we just, we just thank you so much for that. And Lord, we just ask that uh, you would let that Christmas peace be ours today. Let it, let, it be, let, it be, let it be so real to us today. We, 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 choose to, we choose to look to you right now in this moment, God. We welcome you and we ask you, Lord, to make this Christmas peace applied to our hearts. Make it real to us today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to take a moment. I want to ask you, you're here today. And, and, um, and if, you, if you have not made a decision to follow Christ, like that is the most important decision. And with that decision comes online a relationship where peace is available. The reality is if you're, if you're serving yourself, if you're seeking your own glory, if you're doing things for your, own, for your own benefit, you miss out on Christmas peace. But if you'll seek God, if you'll turn to God, if you'll say yes to God, God will change you and he'll meet you right where you are. And so we're all gonna pray here in just a moment, but, but all of this becomes real and available if we put our faith in him. And so if you're here today and you're away from God and and you're wanting to make a decision, maybe for the first time or for the first time in a long time, God is here and he wants to meet you right where you are, but you just have to say yes to him. It's not about what you do, but it is, it is about what you believe. It's about where you put your faith. It's about where you put your trust. And if your trust is in yourself, you're gonna miss out on Christmas peace. But if you put your trust in God, he will meet you right there. He will take your sin from you and he'll make you right with him. If you're here today and you're saying, Scott, this is speaking right to me, I'm gonna ask you just a second, just to raise your hand and say, Scott, would you pray for me? And we're gonna have a moment of prayer and then, then we're gonna worship. And this could be the, literally the greatest day of your life because you're, you're, coming, you're coming in line with the one who made you, who wants to remove fear and anxiety from you and who will give you peace, not only today, but forever. And if that's you and you're saying, Scott, would you pray for me? Uh, I, need, I wanna make a decision, maybe for the first time or for the first time in a long time, I wanna pray for you and believe God to do something great. Would you just slip up your hand all across this place and say, Scott, that's me. I need, I need to make a decision to follow Christ. I wanna follow Jesus. I wanna make him the center of my life. You're here today and you're saying, man, this is speaking to me all across this place. Just lift it up and say, Scott, would you pray for me? We're gonna believe God to do something powerful in your life. Let me pray for every person who's responding. Father, thank you so much for the, the gospel work inside of us. So thank you for the work of redemption. Thank you for the work of grace. Thank you for the work of your son that you showed up and that you met us. Not because we were so impressive, but because 
We needed it so desperately and you loved us so much. Father, we just ask that your hand will be upon us. And, and God, I pray for every person who's responding to you today. Help them to find that grace and that peace this Christmas. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, will you stand with me? I want to take a moment and I just want us to, before we leave, I'm going to ask those who will be praying for others to come down to the front. And we're going to take some time, as we do at the end of service, every week to, to pray for needs. And so if you have a need physically, spiritually, mentally, maybe you're struggling with anxiety, you're like, man, I really need God. God is here. And God answers prayer. And we want to pray with you and for you and believe God to do something powerful in your life. Um, but for the rest of us, I want us to take, take a moment and say, God, we want your peace. We want what you have for us. So we just pray that you'd make it available to us. So across this place, would you just lift your hands and, and lift your heart? And would you just make a place of prayer right now together in this moment? Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that you bring us peace, that God, you are our savior, that you were born in a manger to us so that we could experience life, that we could experience peace this Christmas. And so our trust and our hope and our joy is found in you. And Lord, we thank you for it. We give you praise and honor and glory for who you are and what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's worship church.